Hi, I'm Blake Gilman, the Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Care Services at LCS. You're listening to the Healthcare Highwire, the LCS Health Services Division premier podcast that inspires to provide meaningful and pertinent content that gives you an edge in balancing business and healthcare. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to our series of Spotlight on Nurses, hosted by the Health Services Division. Our host today conducts mock surveys as well as lead, develop, train, and support MDS nurses. She has spent 20 years accumulating a multifaceted healthcare background in both clinical and MDS practice. She has served as a clinical consultant, mock surveyor, DHS float, MDS consultant, and Medicaid audit facilitator. She has led her teams to deficiency-free surveys, increased employee retention, and improved customer satisfaction. Her 100% Myers and Stauffer audit pass rates increased accuracy of assessments and care plans, leading to increased revenue, quality measures, and five-star ratings displays not only her ability, but her passion as the mock surveyor MDS specialist at Life Care Services. Your host today, Natalie Moore. Today's guest has spent the majority of his nursing career in leadership roles and has led successful teams in various care settings, including skilled nursing facilities, assisted living settings, and hospice organizations. His teams have resulted in improvements in facility star ratings, survey outcomes, and quality measures. In addition to his work as a nurse, John is an Anglican priest who serves as an assisting pastor of a local church and is chaplain in the United States Navy Reserve. He currently holds both Bachelor's of Science and Master of Arts degrees and is working on his doctoral thesis. He is the Director of Nursing at Marquette, a lifestyle retirement community in Indianapolis, Indiana. Please welcome Reverend John Beck. Hi, I'm Natalie Moore. Welcome to Healthcare Highwire. Today in the Year of the Nurse Spotlight, I am joined by Reverend John Beck. Hi, John. How are you? Hi, Natalie. Good. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for coming on. So I've got to ask you about all these titles you have. After your name, you have about 50 titles. So we'll start with priest, RN, DON. He's got an MBA. You're a Navy chaplain. What else am I missing? Yeah, so uh, yeah, I have my RN. I'm BSN. I have a master's degree in ministry. Um, finished a three-year doctoral program in ministry. I'm working on my thesis right now for that. I have an MBA. Um, I'm a priest, Anglican priest, and I'm a lieutenant in the Navy Reserve as a chaplain. Wow, you are just amazing. So, what made you decide to become all of those things, and have they made you a better leader? Yeah, so uh, I, I kind of evolved into all of those things. I started out actually almost failing out of high school, and I wanted to date a girl. And so I started dating her, and her her father had a tremendous impact on my life. He got me involved in church. They kind of took me in, and he put me on a path toward ministry, uh, but he developed cancer. And when he had cancer, he had some tremendous male nurses who took care of him at the University Hospital in Cincinnati. And then I helped provide some basic care to him when he came home. And that put me on a pathway to nursing. And I've done nursing and ministry ever since, since I was 21 years old, I've been doing both. So as far as the MBA, I've been in nursing leadership for a long time and seemed like next natural step, you know, healthcare becomes much more complicated. And so an MBA in healthcare administration really prepares me to be a more effective leader in nursing administration. And I wanted to 
being the Navy, actually, since I was in high school, I had always wanted to serve, but then got on this pathway through Bible college and seminary and nursing school and all of that. And I looked up and I said, man, I'm getting old. If I'm going to join the Navy, I have to do that. And I really have a desire to serve in ministry within the capacity of a military context. And and so being a Navy Reserve Chaplain is one of the newest things for me. I've only been in the Navy for a little over a year, but it's a great opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I recall all of the extensive trainings and John got to visit the Pentagon and all kinds of things. So what do you think your favorite experience so far as the Navy Chaplain has been? Well, actually, the beginning of this year, I did a five-week officer development training, which was a spectacular experience. I just got to meet a lot of great leaders and listen to them. One of the things that appealed to me about uh, the Navy was not only military service, but the leadership training that they have and the focus they have on leadership development. And uh, that five weeks of kind of immersion into that culture was a spectacular experience for me. Okay. Has that shaped the way that you're doing things now in your director of nursing position? Yeah. One of the really interesting things that I learned, we did a bunch of case studies actually on decision-making processes, good and bad, and things that people did poorly or well in some significant experiences from a military perspective. But one of the things that I came out of with that is really the importance of standard operating procedures, right? This idea that you do the same thing in the same way every time, and that that is what equips you in the midst of a crisis or a problem to effectively carry those things out. So if you can focus people on protocols and standard operating procedures, that you're much better positioned in a position of stress or crisis, whether that be a state survey annually or a COVID outbreak, right? Right. So it sounds like your training came just in the nick of time. Yeah, I I came back home into COVID, like within a couple of weeks after I got home. It was crazy. So that all worked out perfectly. (laughs) So with all this additional training, what advice would you give to other directors of nursing on how should they handle what are the best practices to handle this job during the pandemic? Are there any things that you've tried that just don't work? Yeah, you know, one of the big things I would say is that we had a situation that many people would probably face regarding our lab. That was one of the biggest challenges us, mm-hmm. to us in the beginning. Our normal lab was just not equipped to deal with our needs for COVID testing. We were very fortunate to have the connections we have, frankly, with LCS and to reach out to other communities, see what they were doing. We spoke with our regional director, we spoke with our nurse consultant, and that's how we got connected to the lab really just in time for our needs. We had an account set up with them. We would have had a much more negative experience if that didn't come through. So I think not assuming that your current providers will be able to meet your needs and respond to this and really pinning them down on what they can do, what their process is, rather than assuming they can take care of it, you have to know what their process is and what they can really handle. So we actually, I feel, did pretty well with that, but in large part because we were able to utilize some of our other resources with that. One of the big things we also dealt with that I know that other facilities have dealt with is the management of fear around COVID. I mean, a lot of this is really fear-driven, staff not wanting to take care of people, you know, residents and families are just afraid. So I think one of the biggest things with that is really having excellent communication, ongoing communication, education. Our IT and our administrator set up a one-call system that has worked very well for us for communication. I think when people don't know, they speculate, and when they speculate, they 
freak out. And so the more you communicate upfront and effectively, not only with where you are on a daily basis, but with what your plan is and how you're responding to that, that requires you to have a plan to be transparent about, right? So you have to know the steps and what your plan is to respond and then be able to be very transparent, communicate that to everybody. So another challenge is, you know, generally when a staff member is ill, you know, they miss one day, two days, maybe three days, not two weeks, right? And so we've had situations where staff were off for a period of time while being tested. We've had situations where people have underlying health conditions. So their medical providers have taken them off of work for an extended period of time. I think the only really way to respond to that is you have to have a team around you. I mean, when you ask questions about being a DON, you're only as good as the core team that you have. So I think before you even get to a point of a crisis like COVID or an annual survey, you have to be constantly trying to mentor people and build a team around you because it's really those people that are going to pull you through. It doesn't matter how large your facility is, you're going to have a core group of people, you know, five to 10, if you're lucky, who are going to be the people who really carry you through this. And that's been true here as well. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. That teamwork is essential in times like these. These are unprecedented times. We've never seen them before. No one is really prepared. Well, evidently, if you go to the Navy, you might be a little more prepared than other people, but um, absolutely tremendous job. So what is next for Reverend John Beck? A few things. I mentioned I'm working on my doctoral thesis right now in ministry. That's important. Uh, I have a lot of goals. I'm a very goal-driven person. And so academically, uh, completing that is is a big thing. I actually took a leave of absence from that to do my MBA because I wanted to pin that down. So I'm getting back into the doctoral thesis, which is it's not so much the writing, but the project end of it. I actually have the good fortune of doing more training for the Navy at the end of this year. I have eight weeks of specific uh, ministry-oriented training for the Navy, as well as some land navigation. So I might get lost out in the woods somewhere. <laughs> how that'll go. I can barely drive without GPS. So the, the land navigation thing should be quite interesting. I also want to pursue my administrator's license. I think that's the next natural step in an evolution for me from a career perspective. I've been in nursing administration for a long time. I also think it will equip me to be a better nurse leader. So one of the things I always say to people is that your impact should exceed your scope, right? So if my scope is everything nursing, well, what doesn't affect or impact nursing on a campus, right? So the better I understand the regulations related to the building and the maintenance, to housekeeping, to all these other areas that really overlap with the care we're trying to provide to the residents, the more effective that will make me and the larger impact I'll be able to have on resident care. So that's a big goal I have within the next year or two. Yeah. And we know you will succeed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I am always in awe of you and your willingness to learn. And you've been in school ever since I've met you and just continue on. Uh, You do an excellent job in your position. And I just wish you and your team all the best. Thank you so much. And congratulations on being this week year of the spotlight. Thank you so much. You've been a big part of some of that success I've experienced and helped with that. So I appreciate it. It was my pleasure. (laughs) Thank you, John, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. This was great. Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Highwire as we celebrate Reverend John Back for the Year of the Nurse Spotlight. Thanks for listening. I'm Natalie Moore. Have a great week. Legal disclaimer. 
Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast. Thank you.